Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is March 28th, 2017. My name is Phil Prosperich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. We have a, 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 a good show for you today as the Orlando Magic fall to the Toronto Raptors up in Toronto, 131-112. to Interesting game. A lot of things going on in this game, but ultimately a defeat and a, and a pretty big one at that. Uh, it is sort of a reunion week as well, so I'll talk a little bit about Serge Ibaka and the reunion with him uh, and generally how he's been playing of late as well as uh, takeaways uh, from from some several comments that the Magic have made in recent weeks about Ibaka and, of course, Victor Oladipo on his way to the Amway Center Wednesday for his only trip as an Oklahoma City Thunder this Season, so we'll get into all of that, and then I'll close the show and just kind of preview some an issue that's going to be uh, coming up in the summer that that that's been made a little bit more complicated, perhaps, by the way this this season has ended. We'll talk a little bit about the upcoming extension summer for Aaron Gordon and Alfred Payton, but let's start with the game on Monday. The Orlando Magic headed up to Toronto to take on the Toronto Raptors. I don't think anyone saw this kind of a game coming—a one thirty-one, one twelve shootout. That's virtually what it was. It was a shootout. A lot of points being scored from the very beginning of the game. It was played at a really incredible pace. It was 35-34 Raptors after one quarter. And that pace just seemed to continue on and on and on and on, especially from Toronto. And Orlando struggled to keep up. They trailed. They they, they built. They dug themselves a little bit of a hole in the second quarter. We, we've talked at length about how the Magic's bench has struggled throughout the season or throughout the, especially since the All-Star break, and how there's such a stark difference between how the starters play and how the bench plays, that was certainly borne out again as, as the all-bench lineup that plays about 11 minutes per game really, really struggled again, built Doug Orlando a big hole. It was tied at 40, and then all of a sudden, it was like 68-42. The, the Raptors had built a 16-point lead very, very quickly because... The Magic weren't getting any stops, and that was the the story of the first half. It was seventy three to fifty seven after one half. Orlando's offense was not a problem tonight uh, or Monday night against the Raptors. They ended up shooting forty eight point nine percent from the floor, four for twenty from beyond the arc, which did have a big factor in the game. But the Raptors they shoot fifty nine percent, ten for fifteen from beyond the arc. A uh, big difference there, and that enabled Toronto to continue to kind of push their offense forward and forward and forward and forward. The big turning point in the game, though, did come at the end of the third quarter. Orlando was down by as much as 17 points uh, in the third quarter. They cut the lead down to five uh, at the end of the third quarter. Toronto gets a bucket right before the buzzer. Seven-point deficit. You know, Magic had essentially cut the lead in half uh, from from halftime. They're still in the game, still have a chance to win it. But momentum really got killed uh, at the end of the third quarter. Bismack Biombo trying to make an aggressive play, so give him credit for that. Begging a Magic player to, to go deep with very little time left on the clock to try and get a basket. 
He ends up turning it over on the inbounds pass because it's not a magic game without an inbounds turnover. And Dellen Wright makes a three right before the third quarter buzzer. Gives Toronto a 10-point lead. They ended up scoring the next five points to start the fourth quarter with that bench unit in once again. And Orlando falls 131-112. to A lot of problems defensively throughout the game. The Magic were not really very physical defensively. Uh, Toronto really got where they wanted to go. Corey Joseph especially. Corey Joseph ends the game with 15 points, 13 assists. Five turnovers, but 13 assists. Um, Essentially, that's about how many the Raptors average as a team. They average about 18 assists per game as a team. They're one of the worst passing teams in the league, but 24 assists on the game. And then you add on top of that DeMar DeRozan scoring 36 points, including 18 in the first quarter, 13 for 21 shooting. And it was just an offensive onslaught for Toronto. Orlando did a good job keeping pace. Give them credit for keeping pace. The starters played their roles. They, they, They got out in the open floor. They made baskets when they needed to. They got to the basket when they weren't making jumpers. They couldn't get any open threes to fall. But Orlando did keep pace, but but unfortunately just the, the two lulls that they had were, were just too much. Made a nice run at the end of the third quarter. I think it was a 22-8 to eight run uh, for the Magic to bring that lead to within five. Couldn't keep the momentum going to end the quarter. Bad finish of the quarter, bad start of the fourth quarter, and it was essentially being played at a 15-12 to 12 point game for the entire fourth quarter. The Raptors had this one in the bag, 131-112. to 112. Let's run through the final stats for you. Terrence Ross, fantastic in his first game back in Toronto for 17 points, four steals, a couple of highlight reel dunks. Uh, definitely had some juice to his game. Uh, Magic went to him early, set him up for good looks, make, made some shots, and, and Terrence Ross had a fantastic game uh, in his first game back in Toronto as a member of the Orlando Magic. Aaron Gordon, 16 points, 7 for 13 shooting, was very active around the basket. Good good shooting, good dunking, uh, of course. Uh, just really aggressive, really Caught Serge Ibaka kind of looking away one too many times. Beat him backdoor a few times on lobs. Uh, and, and obviously, uh, that's kind of what his game is. Nikola Vucevic, a double-double, 12 points, 15 rebounds. Evan Fournier, 20 points, 7 for 12 shooting. Alfred Payton, 22 points, 9 assists, 8 for 12 shooting. Another really good game for him. Uh, when the Magic needed a bucket, when they needed someone to force some action, get to the basket, Alfred Payton seemed to be the guy that got them where they needed to go. So big credits out for Peyton. He continues a strong run of play. Uh, this is just another sign of all that. You look at the bench, though. This is, again, the key to the Magic's struggles this year, or since the All-Star break. Their bench, in a game where they score 112 points, they needed 131, they get three points from Mario Azonia on one for 10 shooting, four points from Jody Meeks, five points from Bismack Biombo. so that's 12 points, 20 points, eight, eight points from DJ Augustin, three for eight from the floor, Two points from C.J. Watson, so that's 22 points from the bench total. Not enough support from the reserves, especially for those minutes where the Magic weren't playing with any starters. I think it's become, uh, and I've been banging on this uh, in, in a couple posts, and 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 I've asked this to Frank Vogel as well as Josh Robbins asked this after the game on Monday. Would Frank Vogel consider changing the lineup a little bit to to get a starter in there to to stay help stabilize the offense? And he said he's considering it, but. We haven't seen any change yet. It's really been this way all year that, that he's kind of stuck with an all-bench rotation, a 10-man rotation. I think it's time to shrink it to nine. I think uh, when I've looked at the numbers, I think Evan Fournier is the guy to bring in with that second unit to start the second quarter. It works a little bit okay with Terrence Ross, but, but Evan Fournier is the most effective of those players, uh, and, and I think that's something the Magic really do 
have to look at and explore uh, if they're, again, if they're serious about winning games here. Um, you know, call it what you want. I'm sure some people say, oh, this is how the Magic are tanking. Maybe it is that, that they're playing a 10-man rotation still, but uh, I think it's time to really consider this rotation and, and begin thinking about uh, making sure a starter is in there to stabilize the offense and keep the team kind of steady or at least experiment with it a little bit right now because um, what they're doing right now with that bench unit is not working and, and it, it essentially cost them this game. A 38-23 third qu- second quarter uh, was essentially the difference in the game. Uh, it put the Magic in a big hole that they could not get out of. Uh, they were climbing uphill almost the entire game, and, and Toronto uh, had this one wrapped up. So again, the final, the Toronto Raptors defeat the Orlando Magic 131-112. to 112. couple of interesting tidbits to note here before I move on to uh, the bigger topic of the day, and that's Serge Ibaka. Uh, the Magic now would have to win out to match last year's record of 35 wins. So... We're nearing the point where we can officially call this season a setback. Um, I, I think most of us would call that call it that anyway. But uh, num- numerically, numbers rise, record rise. We're getting to the point where the team has failed to take a step forward and at least can point to some forward progress with wins. We're almost at that point where we can't do that. Uh, as well as by my calculations, uh, and, and I was wrong last year, but I don't think I'm wrong this year, uh, with the Heat and Bulls both at 35 wins, the Magic are one loss and one Heat or Bulls win away from being officially eliminated from the 2017 NBA playoffs. So a couple things to keep an eye on there as the season's becoming very real, that 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 this season will will end up as a failure or officially be, end up as uh, something of a failure. So something to keep an eye on. Magic are next in action Wednesday against Russell Westbrook, Victor Oladipo, and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. And speaking of that, I think this is a good time to kind of to kind of sit down and at least talk about Serge Ibaka and where things went wrong with him and uh, begin to uh, begin to figure out you know wh- why this whole experiment didn't work. And I think that the answer is somewhat obvious. And I think um, the Magic have become a little bit more reflective that. This didn't work out the way they wanted to, and certainly they 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 agree with that. But there's still a little bit of what could have been, and I think especially with the way the Magic have played since the All Star break, that what could have been has been put more in focus. Essentially, Serge Ibaka is producing the same amount in Toronto that he is in Orlando, and some of that is Kyle Lowry's been out, but Ibaka has. Prove, has proved himself to be a pretty good second fiddle to DeMar DeRozan. Uh, he's doing a lot of the same things that he did in Orlando. He's popping out for the jumper. He's uh, making three-pointers when he's open. He's getting low-post opportunities. Uh, his usage rate is about the same. His scoring is about the same. His field goal percentage is about the same. His minutes per game are about the same. Nothing's really changed with the Bacchus production. But watching Toronto play a little bit closer, it did seem that there is a greater comfort 
in his role in Toronto than there was in Orlando. And I think there are a few reasons for that. One, Orlando was relying on Ibaka to be a prime to be their primary scoring option. They needed him to be their number one guy. And Ibaka was fairly consistent with Orlando, but not quite number one guy material. I mean, he he's not someone who's going to create for others, and that's understandable. Uh, but he's not someone who uh, you know he just wasn't up to that 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 bit. And, and the defensive part was also a big part of it, and I don't think the Raptors rely on him as much defensively as the Magic were to to kind of set the tone defensively. Um, culture is already established there. But on top of all this, it's the way they use him that I think is really interesting. Now, Ibaka still plays with Jonas Valanciunas. It's not that that they don't play big in Toronto. But according to basketballreference.com, so this would be entering Monday's game, Serge Ibaka plays about 35% of his minutes at center. And Ibaka said during shoot-around on Monday to Josh Roberts of the Orlando Sentinel again that he wished, he actually went to Frank Vogel and asked, you know, can I play center? I think I should be, I think I should get some minutes at center. And it just never happened. It never materialized. And Vogel's explanation when he was asked about that on Monday was, you know, We've got Nikola Vucevic, we've got Bismack Biombo. We we thought Ibaka, Vuce, and Biombo were our three of our best players, and we can't not play one of them. You know, all three of them have to get minutes. And so it was tough to kind of manage that. And certainly I think that goes in the category of well duh. Like we all saw that coming, that there was this huge log jam at center, and it was gonna throw somebody off. And it ended up throwing off Aaron Gordon and pushing him to the four to the three. And as Magic players have reflected on this decision and on this move, even even Frank Vogel has admitted that perhaps going small was the right direction to push this team. Probably a lot of different reasons. We're playing a lot of guys out of our position, and um, you know, I think trying to squeeze Aaron to the four, I mean to, to the three, and, and Evan to the two, that hurt us a little bit defensively on the, on the perimeter. I think we, you know, we're in a situation where we had a lot of new faces, a lot of uh, new players, and new style of play, new coaching staff, all that stuff. You know, we just uh, you know, weren't able to get any traction. And that was Frank Vogel uh, on practice after practice on Sunday before the team made their trip to Toronto. Uh, it, it, it's 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 an interesting argument to make here. That yes, and, and it seems obvious. It seems certainly obviously obvious now with the way the Magic are playing that Orlando might have been better going small from the beginning, playing Serge Ibaka at center, uh, playing Aaron Gordon at the fort. You know, no offense to Bismack Biombo, who's had his good moments and his bad moments this year, but reallocating those resources to other areas of the roster and, and using Nikola Vucevic either, either as a backup or as trade bait to bring in another center, or keeping Dwayne Denman, for instance. Uh, there, there, there were, you know, there, there are going to be a lot of ways we can break this down and break down uh, where things went wrong this season. A- and the end of the season since the All-Star break has provided a little bit of hope that, you know, maybe this is the way things go. And, and and Vogel has even said this, that, you know, the Magic made this decision to go big. And what they've increasingly realized and learned is that in today's NBA, speed is beating size. And the Magic, as, as Vogel alluded to in that clip, playing guys out of position lost a lot of their speed advantage. It lost a lot of their potential to, to be fast. And that hurt them in the long run. It didn't matter how good and skilled their individual defenders were. 
playing them out of position weakened their ability to defend. And that cost the team in the long run. The Magic still have to have to navigate these waters. And as they improve their team, they still have to kind of think about and figure these things out. They're going to have to learn their lessons from the, from the Ibaka trade and from what they what they sought to do from Ibaka. And, and, and you know, maybe, maybe that is one too many and it costs, you know, it causes change in the front office because it was such a major move. It was such a seismic move. Serge Ibaka right now in Toronto is doing all the things he did in Orlando. He's not a better player because he's, a, he's just as good of a player as he was in Orlando as he was in Toronto. But fit matters. Fit absolutely matters. How a player is used matters. And it's not that Orlando misused Ibaka. It's they misused the pieces around him. And that much has been made clear. Orlando's obviously moved on. They had to make a business decision and, and make sure they didn't lose Ibaka for nothing. And they got Terrence Ross, who is not a bad player. He seems to be finding his rhythm, rhythm now in the last few games. Uh, some of the concerns, you know, were not unfounded, but, but you know, a little premature. The Magic are, are, are still figuring a lot of this out. And they've got to figure out how to reshape their roster once again this summer. Using the lessons that they learned from the Ibaka trade. Perhaps this is all too late. Perhaps this is all in vain. Perhaps this should have been obvious back in July. But the Magic now have to find a way to move forward and have to move on. And revisiting what they had with Serge Ibaka and what he's been doing in in Toronto should still provide a little bit of a model of what Orlando should seek moving forward. I'm going to close today's show... With, with just a little bit of an informational thought. Uh, so this, this there may not be much of a conclusion or there may not be much of a, a statement other than to, to, to start thinking about this issue as it comes up uh, this summer. This summer, as many of you know or probably surmise, is extension summer for Aaron Gordon and Alfred Payton. They'll be entering their fourth year. It's the final guaranteed year or, or team option year of the contract. Uh, in five, uh, in year five, you become eligible for restricted free agency, and so this summer, the Aaron Gordon and Alfred Payton will become eligible for extensions, and I think this will be a big, big question and driving issue throughout the off season. Do the Magic give Aaron Gordon an extension? Do the Magic give Alfred Payton an extension? And then, secondly, what are their values? And this season has not cleared that question up at all. Most of us kind of expect the Magic to draft a point guard in this draft. And if they do, what does that mean for Alfred Payton's future? Aaron Gordon has kind of, you know, I wouldn't say wasted, but... Aaron Gordon played more than half the season at the small forward position, seemingly out of position. So how do you value this 20-game sample size of him at power forward? Especially in a career that's seen him be so raw 
and hampered by injuries out of his control. It's not a recurring injury. It's a jaw injury from, you know, whatever. It's a broken foot. These aren't injuries that you can control for. So how do you value that? Where does Aaron Gordon really fit into your team's future? I think when it comes to, to looking at the this extension question, we're going to be really looking at what the Magic do in the draft and what they pursue in free agency. I think we'll know just how much the Magic value Peyton and Gordon and whether they'll get extension opportunities by what the Magic do in free agency. And, and certainly part of that equation is settling you know, any front office drama that might occur or any front office changes that, that might occur as well. Whether a change happens or not. It's really, really hard to predict this. Um, and, and I know our, our good friend Keith Smith of Real GM tried to. Uh, he suggested that the Magic might offer Aaron Gordon a four-year, $100 million contract. I think that's a little much for Aaron. He also predicts that the Magic will not offer Peyton a, a contract extension. That would not surprise me. I, I, I kind of think that they'll let him uh, test the waters of research for agency. And I kind of think the Magic might end up letting Gordon do so too. Because they're both so unproven. And not only are both so unproven, the Magic are still figuring out what they want to do and how they want to build and who they want to build around. And it's really hard to commit a lot of long-term money to too many players. Because remember, they got Nikola Vucevic isn't on a long-term deal, but they've committed money to him. They've committed money to Evan Fournier. They've committed money to Bismack Biombo now. You know, DJ Augustin's not coming cheap either. They've committed a lot of money to a lot of guys. And clearly, this group, as constructed, doesn't quite work. They, they definitely need to make some changes and make some improvements to get where they want to go. And that makes this question extremely fascinating. What is Aaron Gordon's value on the market uh, or in an extension? What is Alfred Payton's value? Do we take what Payton's done in March and say, that's Alfred Payton. That's the Payton we're going to see long term. Or do we look at the totality and say, He's been inconsistent for the last two years. We don't know what Peyton we're going to get. And when the games have mattered, he struggled to figure things out. It's taken him a while to figure things out. With Gordon, now that he's at power forward full-time, do we take that as where he's supposed to be? Or, or is there still an inkling that he should be on the perimeter? I mean, I think Monday's game was a great example of that. Orlando had a weakness Monday against Toronto that Toronto exploited time and time and time again. The Magic put Aaron Gordon on DeMar DeRozan and had no one to guard Serge Ibaka. There are possessions where Mario Zonia was guarding Ibaka and the Magic had to bring a double or they, they switched a lot on the perimeter because of Gordon's versatility. And that put a small on Ibaka or a small on Valanciunas or a small on Patterson or a small on Pirtle and they had to dig in and bring doubles, and that opened things up for the wings. So how much are you willing to, to build around Gordon? These are really, really fascinating questions. I'm not going to pretend that I have the answer to these questions yet. I, I don't know what the Magic should do yet. And I think some of it's going to come down to who's what's available to them in the draft 
and what becomes available to them in free agency and even what trades become available. How does this roster shape around them? Because I don't know if Gordon's a player you build around quite yet. I don't think Peyton is, but maybe he is because he's played fantastic since the All-Star break. Is that, again, is that permanent? Is that who Alfred Peyton is? Or is he the inconsistent player we saw for the first three quarters of the season? Again, this is just food for thought. Something to keep in mind as the season winds down because both Gordon and Peyton are essentially auditioning for contract extensions. They're auditioning for their next deal right now because come October 31st, they're either going to have a deal in place or they're heading to restricted free agency. And restricted free agency sounds scary, but it is... It's, you know, it, it, the Magic still have a lot of control and can still set the, set the value, but that market now is out of your control. Someone else is going to come in and say, I, I think Gordon's worth $125 million. I'm going to pay him. And if you're not willing to pay that, you're going to lose him for nothing. And that's obviously a huge risk for a player that the Magic have invested a lot in. I, I don't, don't look past that. The Magic have invested a lot in Aaron Gordon. Not just the use of that draft pick. That was a very important draft pick. But they've invested a lot in him. And so again, this will be an interesting storyline that plays out this year. I want to thank everyone again for listening to today's podcast uh, of Locked On Magic. Of course, you can find us on on Twitter at Locked On Magic as well as like us on Facebook at Locked On Magic. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Audio, Stitcher, tune in. Please leave us a review. Let us know what you think about the show. Let others know what you think about the show so that they can find us and listen to us. A five-star review goes a long way to helping us uh, climb the rankings. I'm sure we're probably the best Orlando Magic podcast out there, but there's that Magic of Disney podcast. Every time I type in Orlando Magic on the iTunes podcast, that Magic of Disney podcast comes on. And it's not that I don't like them. I don't even know them, but let's let's pass them. Let's beat them. Let's make us number one when when Orlando Magic pops up. Let's let's make that uh, an end of season goal or at least an off season goal uh, as we as we uh, get into kind of the slower times of the year. You can of course follow me on Twitter at Omagic Daily. Follow Orlando Magic Daily for the latest on the Orlando Magic. We'll have a lot of good stuff up on the website tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow I'll have a complete preview of the Magic's game against the Oklahoma City Thunder as the Thunder roll into town. On Wednesday for the only time this year, Magic a quick one-game homestand before they have to clear out for WrestleMania, uh, as many of you probably know or don't know or don't care or whatever. Uh, that'll that'll be that. Uh, for Locked On Magic and OrlandoMagicDaily.com, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I'll see you all again tomorrow on another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.